0: It's All Things Considered, and I'm Dave Lawrence. We're continuing our off-the-road series of interviews, speaking with artists sharing their experience with the pandemic and other crises. You can hear everything we've aired so far at hawaiipublicradio.org. We continue today with trumpet monster Randy Brecker of the legendary Brecker Brothers. He has just released the Brecker Brothers' live and unreleased vintage recordings from their 1980 tour of Europe. Randy, a big aloha and mahalo. Thank you so much for doing this.
1: Thank you, Dave. It's a
0: pleasure. Pleasure is ours, too. And uh, I guess let's set the stage. Where are you right now? And is this where you've been throughout the pandemic?
1: We are luckily uh, out in the Hamptons in Long Island. And we've been just in the house and in the neighborhood walking around. And we've been pretty safe, I must say. So
0: take us back to the start of the uh, the virus crisis and, and share with folks where you were as things began to unfold
1: well you know i'm gonna look in my date book which i just happen to have here because uh i had a lot of gigs on the docket but the last gig was actually i had three gigs the end of february 25th 26th and 27th the last one was out here in a local place i guess it was really a couple weeks after that when everything hit the fan and uh everything was just canceled. I had a bunch of stuff I was supposed to, both my wife and I, Ada of and I, was scheduled to go to Melbourne, Australia. At the end of March, I was supposed to go to uh, the north of Brazil for a nice festival, so we missed that part of it, but we've been staying busy at home. She's a wonderful saxophonist, right. as you probably know. Yes, I do. Uh, so we're still keeping our chops up. Last night, I did a an hour talk with Winton Marsalis and nine other great chump of players, good friends talking about our late dear departed friend, Lou Soloff. So we've been staying busy uh, online and doing whatever you have to do. Uh, keep going forging ahead.
0: The tour dates that were affected. What's the status of those?
1: Well, some of the dates have been rescheduled vaguely, but you know, nobody is sure when we're all going to come out of this, for instance. And, uh, The north of Brazil was the Amazonas Jazz Festival. It was rescheduled. Now they're thinking it was too early. So uh, a lot of things are being rescheduled for next summer. Got it. had a bunch of gigs, uh, special guesting with Dave Sanborn, my old friend, in Europe. And I had some of my own dates in Europe. So they're one by one rescheduling this stuff for next summer, and hopefully things will be in the clear by then, you know. it's uh, Every day brings new news, some <laughs> good news sometimes, right. and some not-so-good news other times, so uh, just kind of taking it a day or a month at a time and see uh, which way this whole thing goes.
0: We have lost some noteworthy musicians along the way you just mentioned Winton Marsalis his father Ellis among them the great Manu Dibango Adam Schlesinger from Fountains of Wayne John Prine yeah. just just naming some of the big ones and considering your background from what you just said about Winton that you've got some connection to both Ellis Marsalis and then Manu Dibango I'm just going to guess can you talk about how you've been touched by any or all of these or other cats who we've lost
1: well, I've been touched by a lot of them. We just lost Jimmy Cobb, too, and we had played in uh, December in Denver, unrelated to COVID, but that hit me pretty hard because we played together sure. all the time. Uh, Ellis, I only played with him once, but it was a thrill. Just years ago when uh, Winton and Branford were just kind of getting famous, and this was gee i probably close to 40 years ago wow. 35 or 40 years ago but it was a thrill to play with him i remember facetiously trying to play the haydn trumpet concerto because when such a great classical trumpet player too and one of my improvisations but i screwed it all up <laughs> <laughs> but he was a wonderful man i i saw him in action also teaching once at one of the uh, educational conventions and i saw him with middle school kids that could barely knew how to play their horns. And it was fascinating inside of 15 minutes. He had them playing the blues it was a big band. Wow. He was an amazing teacher. So uh, all these guys, Mano De Bango, I didn't know well, but we played on a couple of his records and we did back in the, once again, 30, 40 years ago, uh, Mike and I did some gigs opposite him. He was a, a sweet man. Very sweet man. Wonderful player, too. That was Those are great records. It's funny, in that club in Denver, I'll just tell you this story quickly, which sure. is Dazzle, where I played with Jimmy Cobb in December. They recently posted their uh, new guidelines, state guidelines, to reopen. Among the guidelines are the fact that everyone obviously has to may, wear a mask, including singers, have to sing with a mask. And it said, horn players are excluded. So, And <laughs> musicians get a straw to, to <laughs> sip their drinks through. <laughs> oh. Things kind of unraveled really quickly. Yeah, they the did. Music biz. You know, we'll probably be the last ones to really come back in any uh, way, shape, or form. So... Uh, Things are looking kind of iffy still, to say the least.
0: That's the first time I've heard something like that. And certainly um, it wasn't too long before the pandemic was joined by what seemed like a couple of other major crises, both the civil rights struggle of Black Lives Matter and then intersecting with another issue, police reform, which has seemingly become its own separate yet related issue. Can you talk about how any of them touch you or your views on them?
1: Well, they all touched me very seriously. You know, being out in uh, Long Island, we were hit really hard with the pandemic. First, as you well know, New York City was hit just horribly. And then people escaping all came out here. All the services were overwhelmed. Uh, We had a lot of serious illness deaths. Morgues were filled, you know, they were doing mass burials in an island not far from where we lived. So we were viscerally really affected when you see this stuff on TV. I remember I had the sound off. We were having breakfast, and I I was seeing the pictures of all this, and I was saying to myself, where is this? And I turned on the sound, and indeed, it was Long Island. So uh, we were hit pretty hard uh, with this it's leveled off. You know, New Yorkers took it really seriously, I have to say. So we're one of the few states where the numbers are really down now. So that's what I have to say about that. I hope people really follow the guidelines or, you know, we could be sunk, you know, follow the uh, medical guidelines and don't listen to our so-called federal government because they just haven't, from the top down, Mr... Uh, president trump they just haven't been on it you know he's too concerned about his reelection. everything else you know i've lived my life learning about black american music so i really feel that uh you know in a way i'm entitled to say that uh, we're anti-racist in fact i was talking about this and she brought it up just a couple hours ago with my 11 year old who was really up on everything I was kind of a, a very aware of all the uh, the racism in, in police departments. You know, I've seen a lot of that firsthand, just traveling where I'm maybe one of the only white cats in the car, or we get stopped, or we're passing a, a lot of police, and I see how people would tense up. It's just terrible. But I do want to mention, you know, as many people know my brother, the great, late Michael Brecker. But a lot of people don't know that both his kids are wonderful kids. One is a social worker, his daughter. And lo and behold, his son is a cop. Wow. And he's a good cop. He joined the the police force out where they live, north of New York, for all the right reasons. And I think he's very understanding in the fact that things have to be really recycled and redone as far as training police, the inherent racism, and I guess all of us that we were all exposed to as a kid with American racist American history the way we were taught I was aware of this early on because I uh, was very close to the black community in Philadelphia where I grew up playing with African American players that were so nice to me I was so privileged to be a part of that scene which is such a part of my uh, upbringing right but my nephew went from one day like the pandemic went from day being a local hero as a first responder and having things thrown at him the next day so uh, it's a tough situation that's going to take real leadership i just urge the people to get out and vote in november and let's really make a change
0: that's touching and very powerful that your nephew um, I mean, that's just a, that's an unusual story.
1: It Just w- always what he wanted to do. He was a volunteer fireman, and he just always wanted to be a police officer, and that's what he's doing, and he loves it. But this is uh, tough. There's two sides to every story, and uh, you, you spoke very eloquently about it, too. We just have to see this thing through. The pendulum swings widely, you know, but it will. I think this is a, f- a first for America where there are really going to be some changes made,
0: It's Randy Brecker of the Brecker Brothers, and tomorrow we'll hear more about the new album he's just released, Brecker Brothers, live and unreleased, recorded live in Europe in 1980. Also, some fun stories from Randy's massive resume and perhaps making the segment most special, Randy Brecker will even play a little trumpet for us. You can find this and all the interviews in our Off the Road series at hawaiipublicradio.org. I'm Dave Lawrence.